it performs its its role for what it is meant for. So all of these usually would create in our mind the conclusion that the world is real. But the Vedantic view of what is real is stated here. Svapnaiva. Just as in dream also, the dream world also vyavaharakshama. In dream also we walk and talk and eat and drink and do everything. See, this was the criterion that I interact with the things, that those things with which I interact serve the purpose, serve the usefulness. If that was the criterion, then the dream also would have to be called real, understand? So, Vyakshama means capable. Vyavahara means Shabda Prayoga of interaction. That is, the chair is capable of serving its purpose of allowing me to sit on that, take my body weight. Table also is quite capable of fulfilling its purpose. And whatever is created fulfills its purpose. If that was a criterion for calling it real, that this chair is real, because it bears my weight, this table is real, that it feels tangible, solid, and that it bears the weight of books and things that are kept on it. See, how we have been habitually taking the world to be real is because of this reason. It has been ingrained in our mind that the world is real. Nobody has told me Everything seems to serve the purpose according to its name. So usefulness usually is thought to be giving reality a thing. <coughs> then Vedanta says, by that criterion, even the dream world also will be real. Because dream objects also serve the purpose when I am in dream. So, the vyavahara of interaction in the dream is not much different from that in the waking state. So, we have asked those niyayikas and others who say that something is real because it serves a purpose. By that definition, even dream also would be accepted as real. But we know dream is not real. Uttarakshana Bhagavatam, because the dream is negated the moment I wake up. So we know that dream is mitya. Then, by that token, by the same, you know, criteria, the waking also, because substantially the waking is not different from dream. Emotionally it is different, but objectively speaking, the waking also is not significantly, there are some differences there, no doubt. 
that waking objects are long-lasting. Usa recognize object, oh, you are the one I met yesterday. That doesn't happen in dreaming, that same, every day there is a new dream. So what I dreamt yesterday does not become the object of knowledge, it doesn't appear in this dream today. Although in dream also I can have met you yesterday, that is the dream you. So some kind of differences are there in the dream and waking objects. But basically it's the same thing, that it is experience, there is an experience, experience duality. That those objects also produce experience which I expect. Therefore, by that criterion, dream also would have to be real. If dream is not real, see, as Vedanta, dream is unreal that you also accept. So therefore, any setup that is similar to dream also will be unreal. In dream, the setup is subject-object setup. In dream, the objects also serve their purpose. So in waking also, the subject-objects setup is there. In waking also, the objects serve their purpose. In that case, waking, so whatever be the reality of dream is the reality of waking. Because the basic setup is the same. The details may be different. But the basic setup in the dream and waking is not different. Never, if dream is accepted as mithya, then wherever that kind of setup is found, there will also be mithya. So waking also is mithya. And it shows how waking also is just as dream is negated when you wake up. Waking also is negated when you go to dream, which in turn is negated when you go to deep sleep. And thus, these three states of waking, dream and deep sleep, which are manifestations of the mind, they are the three states of mind. Although they are called three states of consciousness, the consciousness cannot have a state because consciousness is changeless. But usually in the West, in psychology, mind alone is called consciousness. Mind itself is a, whatever they call it, states of consciousness. Okay. So they investigate consciousness and, you know, there are, there are conference of consciousness, all mind. Anyway, so three states of mind there are. Each state displaces the other one, excludes the other. And what can be excluded cannot be real. Real is that which cannot be excluded. The only one that is not excluded is the witness of the three states. Or the waker, dreamer and deep sleeper, each one of them is their role and the one who plays those roles cannot be excluded. So the dreamer excludes the waker and sleeper excludes the dreamer and waker excludes the sleeper. But they cannot exclude the very actor. It's called Turiya. The fourth, Shantam, Shivam, Madhvedam, Chaturtham, Manyante. So, Mandukya Upanishad explained all of this. Nantaf Pragnam, Namahish Pragnam, Novayatav, etc., etc. Meaning that, understand that the waker, dreamer, deep sleeper, as far as the names and forms, they exclude each other mutually. 
As far as essence is concerned, essence is not excluded. Just as in case of ornaments, the banger excludes the earring, that excludes the chain, etc. But then they do not exclude the essence, which is gold. And that essence, who is, is called the Asya Dashta Gunatita. The one who is Dashta or observer of the Gunas has to transcend the Gunas. The witness is always different from what is witnessed. So we are all aware of the waking state, dream state, deep sleep state. Means there is a witness which, who witnesses all the three states. He must necessarily be free from the attributes. So then gunadidaha. Asyadashta gunadidaha. Nityaha. Each state is anitya. Waking comes and goes, dream comes and goes, sleep comes and goes, but the one who witnesses them, who is aware of them, is nityaha. No coming, no going. <coughs> like that kuta. Kuta means an anvil. Upon anvil, this goldsmith takes a little piece of gold and makes an ornament and puts it in another one. Ornaments keep on coming and going. How? The anvil remains ever changeless, steady. So also states come and go. The consciousness. Even witness also is not the totally inappropriate word. We cannot call Atma even witness in the primary sense, but still, the word witness is used quite often to distinguish him from what is witnessed, that's all. The three states are Gunatre Vinirmitam, the three states are the product of the three gunas, sattvarajastamas. And therefore the Atma is called the witness. To point out that Atma is devoid of sattvarajastamas. Atma the self transcends the three gunas. So Lord Krishna says to Arjuna, Tregunya Vishayaveda Nistregunya Bhavarjuna. Here, Arjuna, the whole universe is within the realm of the three gunas, sattva Tamas, this three, you rise above them, you recognize that you transcend these three gunas. <coughs> so, prapancha mithyatvam. So that there is the satyatvam or advityatvam of the self. <coughs> So this jivatvam, the sense of individuality also is mithya. If the whole universe is mithya, then that universe also should include the jiva. Jiva means I am an individual, I am jiva, I am mortal, I am ignorant, I am limited. That ignorant, limited, mortal, I alone is called jiva. In that also that I am again real. This mortal and ignorant and limited, they all come and go. So I am is Brahman. Upon that superimposed idea of mortal and ignorant and... So says, Yadvat Mridi Ghatabhranti. Just as what is this clay? There is Bhranti, 
or there is a pot in the clay. Sutto varajatastidim or you see silver in the shell. You know why these examples are given? Because the pot and clay is an example of the parinami upadana karanam. Clay is the cause of the pot, but parinami meaning the material cause that undergoes transformation. In case of the shell and the silver, shell also is the cause of silver, but then vivarta, meaning that the shell undergoes no change for the creation of silver. Shell appears as silver. So these two examples of Parinami and Vivarta, both are given all the time. Our primary example is really Vivarta, meaning like the silver that appears in the shell. <coughs> like the snake that appears in the rope. Similarly so also the jiva appears in Brahman. So just as the shell is substratum upon which the idea of silver is superimposed, so the Brahman, asti bhadi Brahm, is substratum of which the idea of jiva, the individuality, is superimposed. Why? Because of the identification with the body and sense complex, the sense of individuality, that I am mortal, I am ignorant, all of this superimposed. <coughs> So propensity also is mithya and jiva also is mithya. <coughs> Understand that wherever there is mithya, satyam must be there. Mithya cannot exist without satyam. So part is mithya. The satyam clay must be there because mithya always requires a satyam adhisthanam. The unreal always requires a real substratum. If there is a delusion of silver, something real must be there. So wherever Brahma is there, delusion is there, Mithya is there, unreal is there. There must be real because unreal is that which cannot enjoy independent existence. So something must be there which imparts existence to that. So even though we say Jiva is Mithya, nothing is totally Mithya. Even this part also is not mithya totally. As clay, the part is satyam. As name and form, the part is mithya. As clay, the part is satyam. So also, as name and form, jiva is mithya. So jiva is like an ornament. Brahman is like gold. Or jiva is like the silver. Brahman is like the shell. But total jiva is not mithya. This substrate of the jiva, the asti bhādipi is real. <coughs> that is why the author said, tadvat brahmani jīvatvam. So just as the part in the clay or silver in the shell is mithya, so also the jīvatvam, the state of being jīva, the state of being limited is unreal in Brahman. <coughs> but understand that where jīva is, Brahman must be. Where part is, clay must be. Where prapancha is, mithya is, brahman must be. Where jiva mithya is, brahman must be. That's the reason why to probe into brahman, take anything. And you can arrive at brahman as the 
when you subtract the one day, it, it reduces the subtract. <coughs> Agriyanavasthayam pratiyamano yo jiva brahma veda sa namatrevi bhaudhashtandaiya. Then from the verse 60, so many dhashtans are given. Agriyanavasthayam pratiyamano jiva brahma veda. Jiva I is different, brahma ishvara is different. This veda. That I am. I am not Ishwara. I am different. Ishwara is different. <coughs> this Pratiyamana Bheda. There is no real Bheda or there is no real division of separatedness. Pratiyamana, the duality that we see between the self and Brahman or self and Ishwara. You know, that is a duality like that between the tenth man and the tenth man. The tenth man is searching for the tenth man. He says divided between the one who is searching for and one who he is searching for. Divided between the searcher and searched. Searcher also is tenth man. What is searched also is tenth man. How ignorance creates the division between, it creates a split between one. That one itself becomes subject, other becomes object. One becomes a seeker, other becomes a sort. So ten is a seeker, and ten man is a sort. When one tenth man does, this division is created between seeker and sort. What creates that division? Ignorance. Ignorance, the fact that I am the tenth man, makes me what? Superimpose something on myself, what? That I am a seeker of tenth man. So just as the silver is superimposed upon the shell, the seeker is superimposed upon tenth man, you understand? How does the yogi is searching for a tenth man? It's just very strange. But who what are you searching for tenth man? What happened? He's lost. So how, on account of ignorance, the tenth man is split into two, the seeker and the sought. Seeker thinks that sought is away from me, different from me, and I have to bridge that gap somehow. So, so ignorance creates a split in one reality. What split? Seeker and sought. Jiva and Brahma. Jiva and Ishvara. So we all, as we are born, we feel that I have to, I have to know Ishvara, I have to realize Ishvara, I have to become the so and so, become perfect, or become successful. So you want to become something. Nobody wants to become Brahman, etc. Everybody wants to become something. Everybody wants to become successful, minimum. So he sees success in wealth, he may want to become wealthy. See, success is a simple thing. Sometimes you see success merely in going to school. People will be successful, it's small, but then they will become successful. That a spirit is created in the seeker of success and the success that I am seeking. It's all split. All seekers sought split, split is by ignorance. Moment I am seeking something, 
Even when I am desiring something, I want something, it's just reveals signal. Because there is a split between the one who is seeking and what he is seeking, not realizing that what I am seeking is my own self. Don't tell me, Swami, that you are you are a billionaire. This man wants to become a billionaire. Is he already a billionaire or what? How can you seek a thought? All right. He is not a billionaire. Why does he want to become a billionaire? This man is a poor man, wants to become a billionaire. Why? Then I will something. I will be empowered. I will be strong. So what? I will be happy. Ultimately, I will empower and, 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 and declare my independence, etc. Before all, to be happy. Somebody becomes happy by declaring independence. Somebody is happy being dependent also. Doesn't matter. Independent disposition of mind. Whether one wants success in form of wealth, name, fame, whatever, one wants a simple thing, namely happiness. So human being or every living being is a seeker of happiness. Atmanastukamaya saram priyam bhavati. Whatever becomes dear to me is so because happiness is dear to me. And happiness is dear to me because the self is dear to me. Because happiness happens to be the nature of the self. So in all the seeking, what am I seeking? Seeking myself, not realizing that. So ignorance has created a split between the seeker of happiness and happiness. Both happen to be what? Happiness is the nature of the seeker of happiness. But you can go round and round forever. The tenth man, when will you find tenth man? Never. Even if you continue search next birth or any number of birth, you can never find. Because, as our Swami says, you cannot solve an illegitimate problem. A legitimate problem you can solve. Illegitimate problem you cannot solve. You can only solve by knowledge. But hey, tenth man I am searching for is my own self. So this is where the importance of knowledge comes. Only where ignorance is. Don't think that I want to go to school and want to be graduate, knowledge will do that. I have to do so say some karma to be done. For what is not attained, and knowledge is required for what is already attained. So billion dollars are not attained. If I want to become billionaire, I must do something. I have a fever. Health is not attained. If I want to attain health, something should be done. But happiness? How to be happy? Now that is a different matter. So you must know when our mind comes up with a desire, we will ask the mind, hey mind, what do you really want? Tell me. I want that house for what? If mind says, so that I can be happy, then it's a very different. Well, that, is that desire worth being fulfilled or not? Because I don't have a house and therefore I want a shelter. Okay. I am hungry, I want food. So there are unattained things in our life. Desire can be twofold. Desire for attaining what is unattained and desire for attaining what is already attained. 
like the glasses on my head, and I'm searching for them. Desire for attaining, what is already attained? Like a tenth man, desire for attaining, what is already attained? So that strange desire also is there in our life. Not all desires are like that, that's another problem. No, I have no desire, that also is wrong. I don't need anything, that also is wrong. Because the body needs something. But desire for happiness, desire for success, is a desire for what is already accomplished. That desire can never be fully, person can never be successful. Regardless of what you achieve, you can never have a lasting sense of being successful. A temporary sense of successful can be there. A temporary sense of happiness can be there. But a lasting sense of happiness or success can never be. Even when you win the election, all right. You are the president, successful. In the inauguration, you find the audience, you know. Then people keep on taunting him. You know something? Your audience is so small. Obama's audience, they right away. It's amazing, you know, people are out to attack. Making feel bad anyway. So, so there are these so-called crowd scientists. Meaning scientists who are experts in judging what is the size of the crowd. An institute in, uh, in, in UK where there are these crowd scientists are there and they get all these aerial views of things and from that they work out the density per square yard or whatever it is and they drive it, what the appropriate crowd is. So whereas Trump thought that the crowd during his inauguration was in millions, one or two millions, they arrived the estimate of 160,000. <laughs> Next day, his women's march had 470,000 people, three times, and growing. And only in Washington there the march is going on around the world. This fellow is naturally is upset. What do you mean? You fellows don't matter. You are, you, you are out, you know, just to... So he, he attacks. I can judge what the crowd was. Who are you to judge? I know it was one million. That's it. So success. What is success? Being president is success or having a crowd is success? And thus this is... Success lasts for a while, and then you realize that success doesn't mean full, complete, full, you know, completeness or perfection. Every success also is imperfect from any standpoint. That's how it's meant to be. That's not right or wrong about it. To expect that success is perfect is, is not practical. Meaning a person can never be successful. He can never be happy. If he wants to become happy, he cannot be. Wants to become successful, cannot be. He'll become happy for a moment. Because happiness comes from a reason. I'm happy because I'm a billionaire. I'm happy because I become present. All right. That happiness is only momentary. You discover that that, you will pay the price and then perhaps more, you know, price paid than what you, whatever it is. And that being the case, only way you can be happy is to discover that you are happiness. Only way to be successful is to discover that you are successful. 
understand that the Vedanta provides solution for this fundamental need earth of the human being. Vedanta may not tell you how to sell your goods and stuff like that. Vedanta tells you the search behind all the search is for happiness. And lasting happiness, not temporary happiness. You settle for what you get, that's a different matter. We all settle for what we get. But not satisfied with what we get. To discover satisfaction, you have to see who you are. Remember that that you are a seeker is a false notion about yourself. I'm a seeker of happiness. The moment you brand yourself seeker, you already deny happiness. I'm a seeker of ten tenth man is denied. Having denied tenth man, how can you ever find it? Have you denied happiness where it is, then you search for everywhere where it is not, you know. You declare, I am a seeker of tenth man. Meaning you are denied tenth man where it is, namely yourself. And then you are searching for tenth man everywhere where it is not. How can that search be successful? So, so I am a seeker of happiness. Means that already denied happiness where it is, namely myself. And then I am searching for happiness where it is not. How can that search be successful? That quest can never, the human quest can never be successful. It is going round and round. That's what they call Maya. How long will the service last forever if the ignorance doesn't go? So thus, one sees a seeker where there is sought. When to say that, one sees Jiva where there is Brahman, same thing is one sees seeker where there is sought. And therefore Jiva can never become Brahman. Regardless of what Jiva does, he can never become Ishvara, can never become Brahman. Leher dhunde neher ko, kapda dhunde sut, jiva dhunde brahma ko, tino utake ut. The wave is searching for water. The cloth is searching for cotton. And similarly, the Jiva is searching for Brahman. All of them are equally fools, you know, deluded. So, what, this is said in technical terms, you know, but it is something very, very profound and very important. Tadvat Brahmani Jivatvam. So just as one sees and concludes that this is a part, nothing wrong in seeing part, to conclude that this is part, you follow? To conclude that this is part alone is not right. It is clay in the form of pot, then it's okay. Moment you conclude there's only pot, then this becomes different, then they fight with each other. Conflict between these two fellows is for the only reason that arises from the way they perceive themselves. Is not so? This one perceives itself as a pot, and this one perceives itself as a plate or whatever you call it. Eastern boasts, you know, you can't do what I can do, you can't do what I can do. And this, there is conflict. Conflict not because there is a reason for conflict. 
Only because the way they perceive themselves. In regard to how you resolve the conflict, it will never go. Conflict resolution is required, of course, that they can live together at least, you know, don't keep fighting every day. But as long as the perception does not change, real duality will not go. The exclusion that I am excluded by this, and ex- that will never go. And the sense of being excluded itself is a source of all sorrow. It cannot go. Meaning that problem of, in our life can only by knowledge. There is no other, because there is no genuine, there is no legitimate problem. That is why. If sorrow was a legitimate problem, you can solve it. If being successful was a legitimate need, you could, you could fulfill it. Being happy or successful is a legitimate need, you can better fulfill it. Can you imagine what poor human being is trying all of his life? To be successful, to be happy, to have harmony with the other people, you know. You can have within limits. Moment you come back to your identity, and this fellow comes to his or her identity. That's the end of it. Then the split is already there. And then you make up and you go, okay, you, so if you make, you make this person happy, that, all of this is okay. Meaning that you can have a working arrangement, etc. The real harmony cannot take place unless it, your perception changes that I am not a man or just a husband or wife or man or woman. I am conscious that I am self. It is for and not just a part, I am clay in this form, then it's fine. I am not displayed, I am clay in this plate. That's all the change that is needed. So clay in that form, clay in this form, okay. Form is there, and it is it, it, it is some kind of in you know usefulness as far as the Vivaha is concerned, that this form does some, perform some role, this one performs another role, but in essence they are one. There is no essential difference. In that case, there is no conflict. The only way conflicts can come to an end is by knowledge of what we are. Jivatvadad Brahmani Jivatvam As long as Jivatvam or sense of individuality is superimposed upon Brahman because of ignorance and all I am doing all whole of my life is what? To promote that individual, my life is what? Promoting my individuality, all along. In whatever I do, there is always self-promotion. Even in talking also there is self-promotion, can be. By, you know, by talking in a certain way and creating and, you know, creating. So all kinds of things can be done. You can use anything as a tool to promote yourself. And so, it is promoting the jiva, promoting a, an incomplete fellow. Regardless of what it does, he can never become complete. Meaning all the methods that we are constantly employing are all born of ignorance, doomed to fail, and creating only disappointment and nothing else. Ultimately, every effort will bring about disappointment. There is no such thing as success. Even though temporarily you can discuss something as success, 
If you really examine what it is, you find that it was hollow stuff. What appears to be success outwardly by the standard of the world, when you analyze it, you find it's hollow. Doesn't know what you are seeking. Like our Anjaraya, very famous, you know, anecdote. That once Lord Rama and Sita are walking, you know, in coming to, having come to Ayodhya and Hanuman is following them, we servant. So Rama and Sita are talking about the old days and then so Lord Rama praises Hanuman. Look at his exploits. What he has done. This would not have been possible if Hanuman was not there. Sita is also overwhelmed with emotion and she takes out from her neck a very precious necklace made of very precious pearls and gives to this Hanuman as a gift. Continue to walk and then she hears sound, crackling sounds from behind. Crackling sound. She looks back and finds what is he doing. He takes that very precious pearl and cracks it between the teeth, splits it and throws it. After this monkey, what do you expect from him? She thought, you know. What are you doing? Why are you cracking these pearls? says, Amma, you gave me this. Therefore the pearl must have what I am searching for. So I am cracking this, splitting them to see if Rama is there or not. I don't find, throw them away. So every success is like that pearl, every achievement is like that. Comes as a very attractive thing and then it's split open. I find that doesn't contain what I am seeking. Throw away, go for another one. Nothing right or wrong about this process is that there is constant sense of being, of disappointment, of being unsuccessful. And that is what causes the sadness. So how ignorance takes us for a ride and puts us on a path of, which, of a search which is never ending search. We all fall for it. Because we do what the whole universe does. Universe always places values upon this, you know, artha yama, artha kama. Artha means wealth, kama means pleasure, dharma means heaven, whatever. We think that's the goal of life. But that goal can never, the goal behind that goal can never be fulfilled. So there were this knowledge is so important that how do we contemplate upon ourselves? Who am I? Not a jiva, not an ahankara. How should this pot contemplate over itself? I am a pot. I can feel this much water. I can do this. I can do that. I am bigger than this. Is that how we should contemplate? That would just be leading to what? Nothing but misery. At the most you can take a false satisfaction that my individual is greater than this individuality. But individuality means limited and extremely limited. As a Swami, you say, what's the distance between one in infinity, a hundred in infinity, and thousand in infinity, and million in infinity, and billion in infinity? Infinity. Even if you have, you have billion then also as far away from infinity as you are when you are one. 
So merely becoming hundred, thousand, million, billion, trillion, whatever it is not going to make you infinite. You cannot become infinite. So the whole process of becoming that there is in the human life. Becoming something. Becoming bigger than what I am. Becoming, you know, drawing more attention. How the whole world is thriving on this. All kinds of dresses, you know, these are all the... So you can see those functions and nothing but uh, all the showrooms, you know, are there. This, this, what is it, uh, so many designers are there, and this ex, this person has this, and this dress and that. So all right, it's good, everybody needs to have business and so forth. But you can have satisfaction that I'm better than somebody else for the moment. Then there are always the report journalists who examine, oh, this woman has put on this dress on me. Oh, it's just like Jacqueline Kennedy. No, then immediately your, your balloon is split up, you know. Anyway, the point is, this is life. I mean, this, how, how shallow this is. It is not with anybody that we are talking. We are all part of it. This is just because it is so they out in the world, but we are no different from that. It's easy to sit here and criticize and ridicule other people thinking that we are holier than thou. Nothing like that. As long as I brand myself as a seeker, I already condemn myself because I already denied the thought by branding myself a seeker. But branding itself as a part, denied the clay. Branding myself as jiva, as though, not really, as though denied Brahman. And so in so many verses written that, hey, you are Brahman, you are Brahman, you are Brahman, you are Brahman, contemplate that way. Tadvat Brahman jivatam vikshamayana pashyade vikshamayana. Thus, when you really look at what this jiva is, not just a cursory look, but what that jiva, the individual I am, what is the truth of me? Then Brahmane, I realize that the only thing that is sustaining in me, abiding in I, is only asti bhadi prem. Everything else is coming and going, incidental. One inherent thing is this, that is Brahman. Yathayim rudikhato nama kaneke kundalavida. Just as this entity thinks that I am a pot, which is what? The name of clay. The clay assumes a name called pot. Kaneke kundalavida. And this one thinks that I am kundalam. So what is gold thinks that I am earring. The pot thinks that I am clay thinks that I am pot. Shuktavira is Vakhyadehi, the shell thing that I am silver. Jiva Shabdastatha, Pare Brahmani, source of Param Brahma thing that I am Jiva. Same thing. So who is samsari? Who is suffering? Jiva is suffering. But who is Jiva? So ultimately, who is suffering? Brahmani is suffering. But that is people, you know, shy. They shudder and desire. Well, don't tell me this. How can Brahman suffer? So then they find out some other way of justifying suffering. 
When Vedanta says Brahman is suffering, meaning suffering is wrong, is mithya. You follow? Brahman cannot suffer. And still one who thinks that I am limited is Brahman, unfortunately. So one who can never suffer is suffering nevertheless. But then they want to somehow justify that, no, no, you are not Brahman. Brahman cannot suffer, so one who is suffering is not Brahman. You are different. You are Jiva. That means you are justifying suffering. Vedanta says Brahman is suffering, that means suffering is only mitya. Brahman and suffering cannot go together. How can they go? We don't say they go together, but they think they go together. Brahman thinks. How can Brahman think? I don't know. Ignorance. Brahman has ignorance. Brahman is everything. That's all there is. If there was somebody other than that sufferer, then we can assign suffering to some. But there is only one. One conscious entity, Brahman. Success also is a fail. Whatever it is, is Brahman. That being the case, so, yathaya uyomni nilatvam yatha niram marusthare ursatatha vishvam chudatmani just as what is in fact hollow space, one looks there, it is like the... So, space also looks like what? Nirakataha. So, it looks like the frying pan of Indra, you know. The space has this kind of a shape. Kataha means a frying pan, you know. So, people imagine, this is because Indra is in a lot of heaven, the frying pan of Indra. So people imagine that kind of shape in what? Even in space. Or color in space. Tadvat Vishwam Chanatmani. Similarly also, people imagine Vishwa or the universe in what really is Chidatma or consciousness. <coughs> and then, so we are now on the verse 62, same thing is told in million examples. But just as I say, Mithyato Vasana Dardhyaya. For Drutta, for creating firm Vasana, that the Jagat is Mithya. Because right now there is a strong vasana that jagat is real, that jiva is real, that duality is real, that limitedness is real, that suffering is real, the seeking is real. So we first of all brand limitedness is real, brand the seeking is real and justify seeking. So Vedanta is not against activity. Vedanta is not against any vyavara, nothing. Only Vedanta only is not against anything. Ignorance, all you can't be against, it's there. Vedanta only wants us to understand which part is played by ignorance. Which part? By creating a complex in me that I am a seeker. So what I do is nothing wrong, right or wrong about it. What prompts me to do, that is where something wrong is there, meaning my perception of myself, that is where the problem is. And then you can do all, whatever you want to do. Just change that perception, that's all there is. Then do what you want, you lie down, sleep, eat, drink or not, whatever. Important is change the perception of yourself. The basic problem is the false perception about oneself. <coughs> so verse 62 gives example. Yataiva shunya vaitalaha. 
It's all projection. Similarly, when the sky is lit with colors, when the sun is setting in the clouds are there, then sometimes looks like a beautiful palace is there or a city is there. <coughs> so Gandhara Purasyabi Shunadishtanatam Gyam. There is nothing there, and you see what? Gandharva, the city of Gandharvas. So city in the air is okay, but Gandharva is, they are the Jati Vishesha, and this is, this is where Gandharvas live. Look at that city, where? In the space, where there is nothing. So this is also a commonly used example. Gandharva Nagari, or Puram also means Nagari means city. Another example used in Vedanta is Just you see two moons. If I take out my glass, I'll see many moons. That is because the focal length of the eyes, you know, as you grow old, the focal length changes. Whatever what is going, you see two. When cataract comes, also these things happen. So, not knowing that this fold of my eyes. Some say, there are two moons, that's what somebody may think. So how we superimpose two when there is one? Similarly, how we superimpose divide where there is non-divided? That's an example given that way. What in reality is there is one moon. Upon that, we superimpose two. In reality, what is one Brahman? We superimpose duality. <coughs> Tadvad Vishwam Chiratmani. So examples of superimpositions. Tadvat in a manner similar to that. Chidatmani Vishwam Pashyadi. So similarly also one sees the whole universe. So it is like this. If you can see the Gandharva Nagari, if you can city, see the city in the sky, you can see this. This is not much different city in the sky. For the person we see, for the child, you know, it's a real city. For you and I, we know that it isn't, but then for the, for the child, it's a real city is there. So, okay, you know, I think that palace, I will, I will go there, I'll occupy that palace. This person, I will Like they make all those, you know, castles from the car, playing cars, this is your room and this is my room and this is bedroom and my daddy's room and... So children imagine, do you think it is real? Just as children think that, that palace in the air is real. So, thing doesn't have to be real. All that is necessary is for you to think that it is real. That's all. There will be the same impact upon us as a real thing would have. <coughs> there need not be a real snake. All that is necessary is for me to think that there is a real snake then even that projected snake will create the same impact upon me in terms of fear and whatever reactions are created. So just because we feel unhappy does not mean there has to be a cause of unhappiness. Understand this. That's what Vedanta will say. Just because you think there is an enemy that there has to be there is a friend, all of these can very well be simply projections of the mind. In the whole universe, so Tadvat Vishwam Chiratmani, he sees this Gandharva Nagari. What? This Vishwam, this universe, is seen in the consciousness, which is Shunyam. What is Shunyam means? What is. Shunyam doesn't mean void. It means that. So, 
as, as, he, as he, Dakshinamudhi says, Vishwam darpana dushyamana nagari tuljam. Vishwam of creation is like a city seen in a mirror. Some example. Why is city seen in a mirror? City seen where it is not. City seen where it cannot be. Because city is at what? Length and breadth and depth. Mirror doesn't have depth. Just a flat surface. On the flat surface you are seeing the depth, which is a projection. Where the city is not, we are seeing the city, it's a projection. So Vishwam, the whole universe is like that. Question, Atmani, and you are seeing, two problems are there. You are seeing what is not there and seeing where it is not there. So the Vishwa is seen as outside of me, whereas I covers the whole thing. I is consciousness, that already includes the Vishwam. But since I have confined myself to this Upadhi never, I think Vishwam is different from me. So Tadvat Vishwam Chiratmani, just as one sees pot in the clay, so also the universe of names and forms, once is in Chaitanya, in consciousness. Akhanda Mandalakaram Vyaptam Yena Characharam. Characharam Akhanda Mandalakaram, the entire cosmos, consisting of sentient and insentient, is pervaded by what? One consciousness. In fact, that consciousness alone, it is not even right to say that the universe is pervaded by consciousness. Because then what happens is something that is pervaded and something that pervades. So that gives an idea that universe is pervaded and consciousness pervades. No! It is consciousness that appears to the universe. Not, no duality of pervaded and pervading. Consciousness alone appears as the universe. Tat padam dashidam yera, tasmai shri etc. Okay, we'll continue. Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachare Purnasya Purnamada Yapurnameva Vashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Badarayanam Sutra Bhashya Prutavande Bhagavantau punaf punaha Ishvaro gururatmevi Murti bheda vibhagine Vyomavad vyapta dehaya Dakshinamurtaye namaha Om shanti shanti Shri Guru Bhyav